So Psalm 61, David's psalm, a psalm that begins in pain but ends in praise, a psalm that starts with groans and despair but ends with a joyous song, a song that starts with sorrow but ends in heaven. David was a man who had been through many trials in his life. Trials that would bring us all to our knees. So in this word today, know that there's a word of encouragement for us. To know that God can bring us through any storm, any trial, any heartache, any burden. Let us read Psalm 61. Oh, hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer from the end of the earth. I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows, and you have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Prolong the life of the king. May his years endure to all generations, and may he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. So I will ever sing praises to your name as I perform my vows day after day. All of us at some point in our lives will find ourselves in the middle of a storm. It may not be a storm that you created. It may be a storm that someone created for you. The waves of destruction may beat upon your aching hearts, but we know a God. At some point, hopelessness and despair will creep into our lives. If you've lived long enough, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes the pain of rejection and betrayal, guilt and shame, begin to cloud our vision, put us in a place where we just can't feel the presence of God. Sometimes we experience abandonment. Sometimes we lose a loved one. Pain that we just can't understand. But you see, our Christianity does not mean that we're immune to the trials of this life. But the question for us is, what will we do when the trial comes? What will you do when you feel like you're drowning and you can't breathe? What will you do when the water is just crashing over you and you don't know which way to turn? What will you do when you feel like there's nothing left to give? and you're at the end of your rope. Through the psalm, hopefully we'll see a glimpse of how God would want us to handle our trials and our tribulations. Hopefully we'll see a glimpse of how we can be restored and renewed and rejuvenated. So when your children disrespect you, and when your boss mistreats you, when your spouse stops loving you the way you want to be loved, and when sickness tries to consume you, you will know that there's a way out. When your home 
goes into foreclosure. And substance abuse and addiction begins to take hold in your household. There's a way out. When you know you just can't handle it anymore, the question is, what will you do? Today's sermon, the title is, Lead Me to the Rock. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You see, in this sermon, David starts out, he says, Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. It's not clear exactly what David is going through. You can't really tell from the words here that what struggle he's facing. David had all kinds of drama in his life. But many of the great theologians believe that in this particular case, he might have, he might have wrote this psalm when he was running away from his son Absalom. He was fleeing from Jerusalem because his son wanted to kill him. The same son that had murdered his brother. Can you imagine a child that you've birthed, a child that you've poured into, a child that you've weaned and given all your heart to, turning around and wanting to kill you and take what belongs to you? Surely David had reason to say, God, help me. Here he is running away from his treasured city, the throne of his Lord, the tabernacle, all of his possessions. You see, maybe the weight of everything that David had experienced in his life was finally coming to bear. Maybe the weight of everything that he had experienced was a burden he couldn't bear anymore. Maybe, just maybe, he could not carry that cross. So he cried out. Maybe the weight of Absalom's betrayal was too much for him. Maybe the weight of Saul's jealousy he couldn't take. Maybe, just maybe, his adulterous affair with Bathsheba was starting to weigh on him and the guilt and shame was filling his soul. And just maybe the distance that he was feeling from the Lord, not being able to get to the tabernacle, made him feel like he was at the end of the earth. His heart, overwhelmed with grief by his circumstances, desperate to hear from God, des desperate for God to listen to him. Hear my cry, O God. But you see, even at the end of the earth, even when he felt like he was at the end of his wits, even when he felt like there was nothing else he could do, he knew that God was still there with him. He knew if he cried out, hard enough. He knew if he cried out long enough that his tears would be honored by God. He knew that his circumstances would not remove him from the loving arms of the Lord. All he had to do was cry out. You may think that you're at the end of the earth. You may think and feel like there's nothing left to give. You may find yourself in a circumstances that you don't know if there's even a way out. Your pain may have you believe that it is a hopeless situation. But no matter what you go through, no matter where you find yourself, no matter what emotional, physical, or, or spiritual state you find yourself in, God is right there with you in the midst of the fire. Just like he was with the Hebrew boys. They just said yes, but God was with them in the flames. 
God will not abandon you no matter what. Cry out, my God, listen to my prayer. You see, the tears of your broken spirit soak your prayers, but God honors that. He knows the tears from your heart. He knows where where they come from. And he treats them as a living sacrifice to him. But you see, David didn't stop there. He didn't stop by saying, God, listen to me. I'm going to do all the talking here. I'm going to to tell you what I want. No, he, he said, God, when he said, God, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to the rock, not just any rock, not just the the rock that you'd find laying around in the street somewhere. Lead me to the rock, a rock that is higher than I. You see, David didn't ask for anything of this world. He didn't ask for wealth to restore. He didn't ask for his circumstance to be fixed. He didn't even ask for his pain to be removed. He just humbled himself. And recognize his own limitations. We too, when we find ourselves in that place where we've done all we can do, we have to turn it over to God. God, I humble myself before you. I recognize my limitations. You take this, God. You see, even as a king, David recognized that he needed the king of kings. Someone higher than himself. If I can just get to the rock, the rock that is higher than I. He knew he was incapable of saving himself. He said, Lord, lead me. I will follow you. Lift me up above my waves, O God. I just need to get to the rock. Who is this rock that David so desperately wanted to get to? Who is this rock that David wanted to experience in the desert with? Who is the rock that provides a living water when the scorching heat of life has begun to burn our very souls? Paul tells us in Corinthians 10 and 4, For I want you to know, brothers, that our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the spiritual food and all drank the spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was the Christ. You see, Jesus Christ is the rock that is higher than I. As children of the Most High, what will you do when you find yourselves at the end of the earth, cut off, hopeless and helpless, all alone? What will you do when you find yourself in the wilderness? Will you cry out to the Lord, God, help me? Will you turn to him and say, God, I can't handle it myself? You see, not even our friends can help us out of that situation. Not even our families can help us out of that situation. Our flesh cannot satisfy the pain that we're experiencing. No wealth, no title will keep us from this death that we're feeling. Jesus alone can save. He is the rock that is higher than I. So no matter where you are, what has been done to you, the terrible things that you've done to other people, no matter how bleak your circumstances are, you can still cry out to God, lead me to the rock, O God, the rock that is higher than I. No matter where you are, 
God is ever present with you. David says in 3 and 4, he says, For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. You see, something happened here. Something happened in the midst of David's despair. If you look closely, he starts out crying to God. Then all of a sudden, his focus changes. As soon as he said, Lord, lead me. Lead me out of my despair. His focus began to change. It turned from looking at his sorrow. No longer was he praying about his condition. You see, in the middle of the prayer, David remember how God had watched over him. Maybe someone here knows what it feels like to be in that storm, and all of a sudden you look to Christ, and all of a sudden the burden falls away. David said, God, you have been my refuge. You have been my strong tower. He began to remember what God had done for him. You see, the enemy knows if I can get you to forget about what God did for you, then I can keep you wallowing in your pity. If I can get you to forget and not remember how God had lifted you up, I can make you forget about who God even is. God told the Israelites when he brought them across the sea and he opened it up for them, when they got to the other side, he said, I need you to put these stones of remembrance here. Why? Because he knows that they're going to come under attack again. You have to reflect on what God has done in your life to hold on to that memory, to know that God is real, no matter what's going on in your life. He is your strong tower. Strong tower, fortified on all sides, full of provision, full of protection. God has done great things in our lives. We just have to remember them. We have to remember when he healed our bodies. We have to remember when he delivered us from addiction. We have to remember when he took care of our debt. We have to remember when he put food on our table and put a roof over our head. When we didn't know how we were going to throw it, we got to remember what God has done. When our children were sick and God stepped in, we have to remember. When our marriages were broken and God stepped in, we have to remember. Will you remember? In the storm, when it comes, we remember what God has done. We remember how he saved your loved one. So when you're ready to walk away from it all and just give up on God, when you can't take the beat down from your friends, so-called friends, when you find yourself standing all alone. If nothing else, remember the day that Jesus snatched you from the hands of the enemy and lifted you up to walk with him as an adopted son and daughter of the Most High. Remember the day when Jesus gave you eternal life. That is your hope. That is your sustainer. That is your rock that is higher than I no matter what you're going through. Just remember, when you're going through that Mr. Depression, what will you focus be?
Will you look at your circumstances? Or will you look at what God has already done in your life? For you, O oh God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. The heritage of those who fear your name. You see, David keeps moving closer to God. He starts out, he's crying. He's wallowing. He's wondering, God, where are you? Then he remembers. God is my refuge and my strength. Then he remembers, wait a minute, I have an inheritance in him. It didn't didn't just stop with what he did. I have something coming my way, an inheritance from God. David's been given an inheritance. That heritage starts with a personal relationship with God Almighty and all the benefits that come with that. You see, because of that relationship, God entrusted David with rule over his kingdom, entrusted David with rule over the Israelites because he knew that David was a man after God's own heart. Because David had a relationship with God, God protected him, God sheltered him, God blessed him abundantly. For those that love the Lord, we too have an inheritance in Christ Jesus. As soon as the moment we stepped out there and said, I love the Lord and you are my Lord and Savior, guess what? We are now joint heirs with Christ. We are now alive in Christ Jesus. We now have an eternal home in glory. We now have a safe haven in the rock, the rock that is higher than I. We have his protection. Why? Because we are now his, and we have a heritage in him. Isaiah 54, 17 says this. It says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is in me. Our righteousness is in Christ. And because we are in Christ, we now have full protection of God. So when your life feels like it's in shambles and there's nowhere to turn, remember your heritage. Remember who you are in Christ Jesus. Remember that you are an adopted son and daughter of God. When your life starts to fall apart, know that you can remember and say, God, you've already prepared for me a place in heaven. I don't have to worry about what's going on here right now because soon and soon and soon I will be where you want me to be. David asked in verse 6, he said, prolong the life of the king. May his years endure to all generations. In verse 7, may he be enthroned forever before God, appointed steadfast, love, and faithful to watch over him. David asked God to prolong his life, to enthrone him forever. On the surface, you see, that might sound sound kind of greedy. It might sound like you're searching for power and authority. On the surface, he's saying, God, you know, I want to live forever. I want to reign forever. Uh, Just let me be in your presence forever. It may sound kind of selfish, but David wasn't any of those things. He wasn't demanding anything from God that God had not already promised to him. 
in the midst of despair, you see, David now had moved from pity to remembering to thinking about who he is in Christ Jesus. He said, in the midst of it all, God, you promised me something. You made a promise to me through your servant, Nathan. You said that through his word, that my kingdom would live forever. In Samuel, 2 Samuel 7, I'll just read verse 16 real quick. It says, and this is what, this is what the prophet Nathan said to David, a message from God. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. In accordance with all these words, in accordance with all this vision, Nathan spoke this to David. A word from the Lord that David would live forever. When you get weak and weary and you don't have any more fight left in you, remember the promises of God. You see, God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he would change his mind. He said what he would do, and he'll do it. God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God said, I will reward those that diligently seek me. God said, wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and I will give you the desires of your heart. You see, God told Joshua, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So that means when you feel like you're at your end of the rope, when you feel like there's nothing left, when you feel like all hope is lost, know that God is with you wherever you go. When your mind and your body can't take it anymore, remember the promises of God. At verse 7, may he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. You see, here in this verse, you get a glimpse of who the Messiah is and the fact that he is coming. Not that David would physically live forever, but the seed of David would be enthroned forever before God. And that seed is Jesus the Christ. God kept his promise that David's lineage would continue forever through Jesus. It may have taken 28 generations before that promise got fulfilled, but God kept his promise. He sent his son to die for us. He sent his son that was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born under a virgin Mary. He suffered for us by the Pontius Pilate. He was crucified for us, for our sins, that we could have eternal life. Yes, he was buried, but on the third day, on the third day he rose from the dead, and now he sits in heaven making intercession for all of us. So, When you have tried everything you need to try, when you have nothing left in the tank, cry out to the rock. His name is Jesus. He is the rock that is higher than any of us. And let me make this final point. That verse 8. So I will sing, so I will ever sing praises 
to your name. Think about the journey in that one prayer. Down and out, cast to the side, ready to give up, wondering where his help comes from. And at the end of the day, he said, I'm going to praise you forever. We too must understand that we must have a praise on our lips. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're suffering from, no matter what heartache you're in the midst of, praise the Lord. David said in verse Psalm 34, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Why? Because God inhabits the praises of his people. So when we go through our trials, know that the world is watching. They want to know if our God is real. They want to know how are we going to handle the trial. They want to know when we go through the trial with a song on our hearts. They want to know if we go through the trial, will we still praise God? Or will we walk around with our heads down low, not thinking that nobody can help us? We have to be different in our storm. Because we have the rock. Not just any rock, but the rock that is higher than I. A rock that is a strong tower for us. Praise the Lord. A rock that is a shelter for us. Praise the Lord. A rock that is a provider for us. Praise the Lord. Not a rock made of clay. Not a rock built of things of this world. We have an eternal rock that has shown us grace and mercy, unconditional love. Let the world see the hope that we have in Jesus the Christ. Praise the Lord. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. So when you go through your wilderness experience, cry out to the rock, the rock that is higher than I. Remember what God has already done for you. Remember whose you are. Remember the heritage that you have. Remember the promises that God has made to you. Always remember to praise him in the end. Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. The word of God for the people of God. Amen.